0: God's greatest desire for us is that we would know Him. Does anyone agree with that? You feel free to be as noisy as you want tonight, okay? Feel free to allow your exuberance for God to come out. Because the devil doesn't have to have all the parties. I'm not sure when we made... Quietness in church, a sign of respect. When in the, the Bible talks, in the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy. And sometimes. Okay. The number one. The plan of the enemy in the days that we live in is to rob the believer's voice. It's to silence the people of God. And He'll do it different ways. He, he will throw up threats of, if you speak up, look out, you're in trouble. And He's silencing the believers. But also there's a, he, he, he's throwing intimidation at the church. And sometimes it's along the lines of, come on, <laughs> you don't have to be that sort of exuberant, fanatical. He uses words like fanatical and radical. Do you know what that means? Normal. fanatical Christianity is normal Christianity radical Christianity is normal, amen Jay come on, it's normal what we term normal is subnormal. this is what I have the Lord say if you're in Christchurch tomorrow you're going to hear some of this again but who cares we'll just go with what the Holy Spirit is saying right now alright The Lord said to me, What would happen if we lived for Him, but Jesus died for us? We serve an all in God, a God that sent His Son. We gloss over this sometimes because we know the story, it rolls off our lips. I've got one desire from the Father in this place tonight and that is that we lift, our up, lift up our eyes and actually see God as magnificent as He is. Because as I said before, the, the number one desire of God is that we know Him. The number two desire of God is that we know Him better. Too many Christians we've settled for knowing God, not knowing God better. And the more you know Him, the less this lid of containment, we allow it to come upon us and suppress us. The devil doesn't matter if you are fanatical out there as long as you're not fanatical in here. Think about the hypocrisy of the enemy who doesn't mind people being as fanatical as you want about any sporting event, but come into church and just settle down. Heaven, there's celebrations going on. There's fullness of joy going on. They're around the throne, crying out, "Holy, holy, holy is the Lord." Come on, praise Him with the loud-sounding cymbals. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. We need some. That you look at the you look at the early apostles and the disciples. They they said about the di- uh, the disciples in Acts chapter four, I think it is, and it says that. These were unschooled, ordinary people. They were not learned people, man, but they clearly could tell they had been with Jesus. And part of that is a radical faith that says, I will not be silenced. The enemy's winning because the church is going silent. And the reason why sometimes the church is going silent is because some factions of the church who have not been silent have been stupid. Is this too blunt and because of the extreme of the minority the majority goes silent and there is an enemy behind this who wants to silence the church it's time for the church to shine not to go underground it's time for believers to actually say I might not have what you need what you think you need Silver and gold I don't have, but what I have, let me give it to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, rise up and walk. Who testified like Peter on the day of Pentecost and got up and boldly talked about this Jesus. Man, politically incorrect. They were the ones that had stoned Him. And man, some hated it and some loved it. Let's get over everyone loving us if we talk about Jesus. Jesus. Jesus Himself. Some loved Him, some hated Him. Some celebrated Him and some crucified Him. And when He came preaching, Peter came preaching again. Some loved it, some hated it. Here's a word of law for someone in this room. Myself included at times. We've got to get over the focus on being liked. We've got to get over the focus on being comfortable and since when is under the cover Christianity, under the radar Christianity, undercover Christianity being the right type of Christianity? Ah, as some of you can tell already, this has got nothing to do with where I was going. But as Sheridan and I were talking before, this is the beauty of prep being in the presence of God and getting downloads because that. It, that releases you when you fill with the Holy Ghost. It releases you to flow with the Holy Ghost. The word of the Lord to some of you in your workplaces is: Go and fill with the Holy Ghost. Some of us are relying too much on our natural mind and education and smarts, and we need to rely a little bit more on the Holy Spirit. Come on, in the Book of James: If you lack wisdom, go and study at college. If you lack wisdom, come on, <laughs> Google It's always right. If you lack wisdom, ask me. I will give you. I will give you the wisdom. We have a God who's yearning to speak to you and speak through you. We have a God whose voice is wanting to be heard in the earth again, but he's looking for a people through whom he can speak through. And as the Lord said to me when I picked up the score to be a prophet in 2006, Steve, do not speak my words if you cannot reflect my heart. And I hold it with a holy responsibility. I know I can hear from God. I know I can pass it on. That's the easy part. But God, I want to represent your heart well. I want to represent. That's why Jesus, the very Son of God in the flesh, came to people and was able to say things like, uh, bring your husband. I don't have a husband. No, that's right. You've been married five times and the guy that you're living with is not your husband. Come on. If, if, If that was exposed, In today's world, we'd have people running from the church. She runs to the town and says, you've got to come and listen to this man. What's the difference? She encountered the heart of God, not just the Word of God. And we need some believers that carry the heart of God and not just the words of God. Some of the people that on social media have blasted things and and come and brought, this is what God says, some of what they said was true, but was the heart of the Father received. We need the heart of the Father released on this earth. We need the heart of the Father released on this earth. Habakkuk two. This is not up on the screen because this is not one of my pre-scriptures. Habakkuk two fourteen says this: Are we good? Are we? Are we leaning in church? Weightiness in the spirit. That's what we need, eh? We don't need milk. We need. We need Habakkuk two fourteen. And the earth will be filled. Oh, you guys are good. Okay. Come on now. Okay, tell me what the next one is I'm going to say. I just don't. You have no idea? Because I have no idea. Habakkuk 2.14. And the earth, come on, will be what? Think about our earth right now. Think about our world right now. What's it filled with? The fear, the anxiety, the uncertainty, the confusion. Yeah, the, the turmoil, the brokenness, the, the lies, the deception. This is why we need the truth. We need the truth. But as the writer wrote, speak the truth in love. Say it with me. Speak the truth in love. In love means in God, in Him. I'm just seeing it now. See, when it talks about in love in the Bible, or love, we think about a feeling and emotion. But one John four eight and one John four verse sixteen says, "God is love." So love is not a feeling; it's God. Are you with me in this purest form? Is that right? God so loved because that's who He is. The fruit of the Spirit. The nature of what God is like. Number one is what? Number one is love. So speak the truth in love. I wonder what would happen. Oh, wow. This is the beauty of just listening to the Spirit of God. I wonder what would happen if we made a covenant commitment right now in this room. That none of us would speak the truth. Unless we were in that moment in God what do you mean in God well the Bible talks about praying in the spirit that sometimes come on let's be honest I'm being honest with you sometimes I know I'm in God I'm right now in tune with him and him and me and me and him and other times I know that I'm not anyone honest enough not to look at me like I've lost the plot Sometimes you know you're in the Spirit and sometimes you know you're in the flesh. Anyone? And sometimes when you hear the lies and the things and you know the truth and you want to speak it out but you know you're in the flesh. You want to whip out a sword like Peter and cut off someone's ear? Anyone? Don't say it's just me. Don't look at me like that. Some of you got masks on. I can't tell you what we we're really thinking. But God knows. It was Jan. Thank you. God bless you. I wonder what would happen if we made a commitment. God, if I'm going to speak, I want to be in the spirit, not in the flesh. That doesn't mean compromise, does it? Jesus spoke the truth. He was love. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. And no one comes to the Father, but through the Son, Jesus Christ. I'm pausing and I'm just saying, Father, what do you want to say and do right now? And He just said to remind us or bring us back to that place. Lord Jesus, would you help us to live for you like you died for us? That's a good picture, eh? Let me be one that is an accurate signpost to the Father. tonight we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit, I think. That's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. But where I just want to start is remind us that the primary purpose of the Holy Spirit is to reveal Jesus to us. Are you with me, church? It's not to make us feel good it's not even to meet our needs it's to reveal Jesus let me tell you the primary purpose of Jesus not to save you from your sins not to forgive you and and ensure eternal life don't get me wrong he yearns to do that doesn't he but his primary purpose is to reveal the Father. The Holy Spirit loves to reveal Jesus. Jesus loves to reveal the Father. And I want us to remember this. And the scripture we had up before, Habakkuk 2, 14. And the earth will be filled with the knowledge. I was talking about what the earth is filled with. Part of the thing that has drawn many away from This deeper walk with God is a pursuit of knowledge that God doesn't want us to pursue. Nothing wrong with knowledge as long as God's the one who's behind what we're pursuing. Did you hear me? Is God behind what you're pursuing or is it just what you want to know? Because the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory. Of the Lord it could have just said and the earth will be filled with the Lord or, or the, the earth would be filled with the knowledge of the Lord rather but it doesn't say that because it's like the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord isn't that great isn't that what we want the earth to be filled with the knowledge it's not what it says there's no wasted words it says the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the shouted out the glory of the Lord. That's what we need back in our lives. The word "glory" means weight—the weight, the weight, the weightiness of the Lord. Not that He's just my buddy and my pal. Not even that He's just my savior. We need, we need the Holy Spirit to revive the church again with the weightiness of who Jesus is, the weightiness of who the Father is. It's not in a crushing way. It's actually, well, actually that's not true. It is. It crushes us so that we no longer live, but He lives in us. The earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory, the weightiness of who God is. I encourage you that the Lord Jesus, this might sound strange, but please just hear me. Lord Jesus is not the final destination. He says, I'm the way. No one comes to the Father except you come through me. And so many people come to Jesus and stop. Many in the church are contented to be saved, but they don't know the Father. And we even say, Jesus, that's all we need. Jesus himself would say, uh-uh. Think about this. Think about this. When Jesus said in John 14, are we, are we good tonight? Are we, are we receiving? John 14, he, 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 Jesus is saying, I'm going to go to my father's house and I'm going to prepare a place for you. He says, I'm going to my father's house. See that Jesus even calls it his father's house, not his house. And I'm preparing something for us so that we can go and be with him. And then he says, you have seen me and you've seen the father. And you know me and you'll know the father. And Philip said, well, show us the father and that will be enough for us saying to Sharon Jan yesterday that I used to think were, that meant, Jesus, you're wonderful, um, but just show us the Father. We just want to see the Father. The Lord showed me there actually meant the opposite. Because Jesus was there in the flesh and Jesus was the one they were walking with and they were getting to know and love Jesus. He's saying, this is all about my Father. And they said, well, you sh- well just show us the Father. That's enough. We've got you. And that's when He replied, but I'm the way and the truth and the life and you can't come to my Father unless you come through me. I think there's an invitation in the body of Christ right now to fix our eyes back on our Father in heaven. Jesus said, when you pray, pray our Father in heaven. Jesus withdrew to lonely places every day to pray, not to Himself but to His Father. The Father loved the world so much He sent His Son. Jesus is now at the right hand of the Father making intercession for the saints. He's praying for you and I, isn't that good news? But He's not praying to Himself, He's praying to His Father. There's a Holy Spirit in Romans that says He is making intercession to, who to? To the Father. It's great to be saved it's great that Jesus is our Savior. it's great that Jesus is Lord but what we need is a revival around the world where we understand that we are actually sons and daughters of a father in heaven and the Bible says yes praise God, praise God And 1 John chapter 3 and verse 1 it says see what great love! The Father has lavished on us that we should be called sons and daughters, children of God. I want you to see this. He says, see. See is something you see with your eyes, evidence. And what was the evidence? See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. The seeing evidence that God wants us to see is the fact that he says, You're my son. You're my daughter. You're my daughter. You're my daughter. You're my son. And it says in Romans chapter 8 that the spirit we received did not make us slaves again to fear, but the spirit we received brought about our adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. Get the word in. He brought about our adoption to sonship. Remember the day the Lord showed me the depth of what He was saying here. It doesn't say that He brought us, the Spirit of God made us sons and daughters. It says, brought about our adoption to sonship. Someone say that's less. The Lord said, no, that's more. Let me explain. Uh, Someone, people can accidentally get pregnant. And they may have a child that they don't want. But nobody ever accidentally adopts a child. Adoption says, you know what? I want you. I am planned for this. I am prepared for this. I want you to come and be part of my family. God does not have to have you. You are not here out of some obligation that God has towards you. He says, I choose you, I choose you, I choose you. Come on in 1 John 4, says, this is love. Not that we chose Him, but that He chose us. He first chose us. God Almighty, perfection Himself says, I want some sons and daughters. Jesus Himself says, I no longer call you servants. Because the servant does not know his master's business, but I've called you Friends. And everything the Father has shown to me, I want to reveal it to you. And how does He do it? He does it through the precious Holy Spirit who lives in us. The Holy Spirit in us didn't only make us born again, but came to reveal Jesus. And Jesus reveals the Father. And it's about being sons and daughters of a Father, of a Father, of a Father, of a Father in heaven. Accepted into relationship because of His love, not because of our works. What a beautiful thing. Some of you have a question mark over your sense of worth. Let me tell it to you clearly right now. The God of all creation, the Father in heaven says, I created you for deep relationship and to lavish my love on you. Bible says in Revelation 4 that is for his pleasure that we exist. That's a holy, wonderful, righteous smile. Spirit of God. Let me talk about grace for a moment. Bible says it is by grace. Ephesians two eight for it is by grace we have been saved through faith. This is not of ourselves, it's a gift of God, not of works, so that nobody can boast. Ephesians two eight and nine. It is by what? Grace. Say it with me. It is by grace. Again, I bubbled over with this last night, and this is this is just what what we're doing right now is just talking about God. Don't you feel your heart drawn towards Him? Don't you feel that some of the pressure of all that you have to do is just finding a back seat right now? Because this is what Jesus said. Remind me to go back to grace in a moment. This is what Jesus said in John chapter 12, verse 32 and 33. He said, When I am lifted up from this earth, I will draw all men to myself. He said, The to show the type of death he would die on the cross. But prophetically, the statement stands for us today. He says, when I am lifted up from the earth, that's what I'm doing right now. I am lifting him up. He said, I'll draw people to myself. I wonder if in your life, we will see more fruit that we want to see if we stop trying to draw people to God and we just started to lift him up and let him draw people. Let's do our part and let's, God do His part. We're striving, we're laboring to get those in our family and our friends, in the church, in the streets, in the workplace. We, 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 we want to draw them to God. Draw them, God says, just lift them up. And the Lord says to me right now, and I just want to sort of prophesy right now. He says, lift me up with your lives, not just with your lips. Let there be a congruence between your lives and the lips. I'm prophesying right now, church. Let there be a oneness in your lives and your lips. Because one of the things that drives more people away from God is when we spout the right Scriptures, but our life is no different. And even in the church amongst leaders where we see one thing and and hear another thing, it is time for us to have lives and lips that marry up and all that reflect Jesus Christ. Can I hear an amen? And that's why Paul said to young Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, do not let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example. Come on, I just want to preach a sermon. No, set an example. I just want to give them a scripture verse and hit them over the head with my big King James Bible. No, set an example to the believers in your speech, in your life, in your love, in your faith, and in your purity. And then in verse 16 and 1, Timothy chapter 4, he says, Watch your life and your doctrine closely. It's so powerful that we always say, watch your doctrine and your life. But when he's giving an exaltation, which I'm giving to you right now, to the church here in New Zealand, come on, church. Watch your life and your doctrine closely. And then he says, persevere in both of them, how you live your life and what comes from your lips. Because he says this, if you do, you'll save yourselves and all those who hear you. God wants to be seen in our lives and from our lips. Can I hear an amen, church? But when I was talking about God's pleasure there, he wanted us and called us to be Sons and daughters of the Father. Is this is the right, brother? He's been, show me again, for it is by grace you've been saved. Through faith, not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. Not of works. So that no one can boast. And we know that the grace of God means the favor of God. The undeserved favour. Anyone heard that? The divine influence on the heart is reflection in the life. The Lord led me to it recently and it just leapt off. And I just feel this is going to do some of you good right here, right now. Because I think we've got the wrong view of God, many of us. We almost feel like God's constantly looking at us for how much better we need to do. Anyone ever been in that place? My hand's up feet everything anyone else come on i should be doing better i should be doing better so that i can please god look me in the eye every one of you if you're in christ your starting position every morning is pleasing to god it's either about your works or his grace as the lord said to me we are saved by grace and we're sustained by grace we're saved by grace and we're sustained. We almost think we're saved by grace. Now we have to sustain it by it being good enough. Do you know what? Oh. Can you whack something up on the screen for me? Galatians 5. Start at verse 1. Come on now. Someone knows their Bible in this place. But let me, let me I'm going to go there in a moment while you get up. And we're going to step through a couple verses. Is this, is this is this all right? Don't don't look there for a moment. That's silly, me saying that because you're going to look there anyway. But just listen while you look. Are you are you good? Are you with me, church? Grace is not just the undeserved favour of God, but if you trace it back, I was looking at it a little while ago in the Greek, and often the Greek word that we read comes from another root Greek word, right, Doctor Michael? And the one that I read there. I went back to the original, listen, please listen, please listen. The root word that I found for the word grace, we think is about undeserved favor and what God does and what we respond. Listen, this is what it is, cheerfulness, God's delight. The word grace in the original where we trace it back to is the same word we get rejoice from. So when it says, my grace is sufficient for you, it's my cheerfulness, my starting position when I look at you of cheerfulness, God says, that's actually enough for you. Come on, church. One day if I'm good enough. God would smile on me. He goes, my starting, I made you. It is good. It is good. It is good. Come on, everyone point to yourself. It is good. This is how God sees you. And he says, my cheerfulness is sufficient for you. I won't dance because I lose the anointing. I'm in New Zealand. I won't dance either. God's cheerfulness. Everyone say God's cheerfulness. For it, it is for freedom. They cry. "Watch this! Watch this! Watch this!" We, we might, I don't know, we might finish him. Who knows? It is for freedom. It is for freedom. That's the reason. It is for freedom. That's why Christ set me free. Come on, boom! Right there. Not perfection. It's for freedom. Our starting position is freedom. True. One of the first words we hear from, keep keep it up. I am coming back. Keep it up. One of the first words we hear from God to mankind in Genesis 2, 16, is you are free to eat from all this. You are free. You're free. Look at all the good stuff I've given you. Don't touch the one thing. There's death in that. Look at all I've given you. And the Lord would say to the church right now, it's for freedom. There's a fight on for freedom. Come on, let's just push in a little bit longer. Uh, I might not be back for another two and a half years. Come with me. No, that's not true. It is for freedom. It is for freedom. There's a war on for freedom. And the world is telling us what freedom looks like. But do you know what it means? That the freedom that the world right now is pushing upon us in so many areas is actually slavery. It says it is for freedom. That's why Christ said you're free. Let me declare bold and loud right now in the house of God. Can I preach truth? Freedom is what God declares a thing to be. Not what we're comfortable with a thing being. And he says, it is for freedom. That's why Christ set you free. But you need to stand firm then so that you do not become entangled again by the yoke of slavery. Look at what it says there. We think we're working towards freedom. Our starting position, it is finished, is we're free. Don't lose it. Did you just hear what I said? Some of you go, one day I hope to be free. If you're in Christ, you're free. You're free. That's your starting position. Starting position is freedom. Come on, come on, come on, come on. The starting position for a believer is freedom. The devil doesn't believe that. He doesn't want us to believe that, rather. He would want you look at what you've done, look at what you've done, look at what you've done. The father's up there saying, Look at my son, look at my son, look at my son, look at what you've done, look at what you've done, look at my son, look at my son, look at my son. Because it is for freedom. That's why Christ has set you free. Stand firm. See, I used to think that means stand firm. I got a little bit more of me, is that okay? Stand firm. I thought that meant so that you not become burdened again with this yoke of slavery. I thought that meant I thought that meant make sure you don't make bad choices and bad decisions and make sure you don't sin. It's not what he's saying. Because keep on reading verse 2, please. Mark my words. As Paul going, please pay attention. I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised. Just follow me. Follow me. In the Old Testament, (laughs) it's the cutting away of the flesh. It It was a ritual in order to be acceptable to God. Are you with me? If you let yourself be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Go to the next verse. Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obligated to obey the whole law. If Next verse, this is the clincher. You who are trying to be justified by the law, Have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. Let me tell you what Paul is saying. He says, you were saved by grace, not by works. So no one can boast and say, i got myself. Now you are free. It is for freedom. Ah, Christ has set you free. But stand firm. So you do not become entangled again by a yoke of slavery. It's not make sure you don't sin. It's make sure you don't start to believe that you're justified by not sinning. Because that's why it says, if, if if you think you're justified because you're circumcised, you make sure you obey every single law all of the time. And then he says, if that's where you are, You've fallen away from grace. Grace saves, grace sustains. I was saved by grace. I'm walking by grace. And sometimes when I trip up, I don't lose my salvation. I don't lose my freedom. I feel like I do anyone else in the church tonight, but I'm here to preach truth. The Bible says, don't let yourself become entangled again by the yoke of slavery. Not that you made a mistake, but you think that you are now unworthy because of what you did. Because you are worthy because of what Jesus did. We 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 entered into salvation because of what Jesus did and who Jesus is. Let's not try to actually continue by what we do. Grace, God's cheerfulness. If anyone wants a really good sermon to preach, there's some notes up there. Feel free to borrow them. And those that are really in the Spirit, you'll know exactly what's in them without looking. Praise God. I'm just asking, Father, what next? He's saying, just let people respond to me. That was a good message. (laughs) Praise God. Let people just respond to me right across this auditorium. Why don't you just take a moment with the Lord if you want to close your eyes, whatever it is that you feel to do. But let's not be distracted in this holy moment. The Lord says by His Spirit, I want to correct some wrongs perspectives and thinking. Just close your eyes, let me speak into you right now. I want to correct some wrong thinking and wrong perspectives. And the Lord would say to you right now by His Spirit, not because you're bad, but rather because I'm good. See, sometimes a loving parent, when a young child innocently starts to head towards danger, A loving parent redirects not because they're bad and they're trying to control, but because they're so loving. They know that if they keep on going the way they're going, they're going to end up in pain. Don't touch the fire. Don't touch the oven because I want to keep you from pain. The Lord says, I want to redirect some of you today because I want to keep you from some pain. The Lord will say to you, I know best, not you. And while my ways are not always easy, they are always best. Let me say it again. God's ways are not always easy, but they are always best. The Bible says, do not be ignorant of the enemy's schemes. He's a schemer. He's a liar. He's a deceiver. And the Bible says he would deceive even the most elect if it were possible. And deception is believing a lie as if it were the truth. And many times we end up believing a lie as if it were the truth because all the facts back it up. I feel that way. They say I'm that way. This is... We allow facts to determine truth. Can I speak into your spirit by the loving Father? that none of us have ever encountered a greater, more pure, more wonderful love than the love of a heavenly Father He says, I know what's best for you, and I want what's best for you. I hear the Lord saying right now that the Father wants what's best for us, Sometimes we just want to feel good, even if it's not the best. And the Lord has shown me even in this holy moment right now that some have tasted, experienced some things that you felt drawn towards, that maybe you wanted to relieve some pain, you wanted to feel a certain thing, maybe you even believed it. But it has damaged your relationship with your Heavenly Father and it's left like almost sand in your mouth, as it were. It is, uh, something's not right. The Lord comes with zero condemnation but will open arms and says, Will you come home to doing things my way? Doing things my way. God wants every person in this place tonight to come back under the cheerfulness of God come back under the smile of God while every eye is closed in this place maybe you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour you don't know this heavenly Father that Jesus came to reconnect us to The Bible says that all have sinned and all have fallen short. That's me, that's the pastors, that's every person in this room. We've we've all missed the mark. And the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. It says that that's just the reality. Sin separates us from God, but God loved the world so much He sent His one and only Son, Jesus Christ, that whoever believes in Him would not perish but have Eternal life. This life is in the Son, but we go with the Son Jesus and we are adopted <laughs> by choice, chosen to become sons and daughters of our Father in heaven. And this is all a work of the Holy Spirit. If there's anything in your heart that's racing a little bit right now, there's there's a stirring. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. And right now, there's two voices speaking in some of your minds. It's the voice of God that's just calling you, beckoning you. Maybe there's a voice of the enemy that says, no, 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 don't go there, don't go there. You'll lose your freedom. See, that's a lie. That's a lie, that's a lie, that's a lie. You come to God, you, you actually get freedom. You get free. So if there's anyone in this room that says, I don't know this God like you've been talking about tonight, and I want to know Him. The Bible says if you believe in your heart that Jesus is the Son of God, He died, He rose for you, and you confess with your mouth, the Bible says you will be saved. That's, That's eternal salvation, eternal life. Which you know why eternal life is not just escaping the bad stuff, it's actually eternity in the very presence of this God of love. That's eternal life. Eternal life is knowing God and being with Him forever. So across this room in this holy moment, if there's anyone that says, I want to know this God like you know God, I wonder if you just real quickly lift up your hand really, really high so I can pray with you. If it's you, lift it up really, really high so I can see it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anyone here tonight, praise the name of Jesus. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. I don't know if I saw everyone there. I don't know if there's any response, but I just want to, in case there is someone that made this response, I wonder, church, if you'll pray this with me. And if your heart's still racing, and you want to make a response towards walking with God, Then I wonder if you would join and we'd all pray this together. Pray this with me, church. Heavenly Father, thank you that you are love. And you love me enough that you want me as a son, not as a slave. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. And to cleanse me from unrighteousness. I acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord. I give my life to you. Come and live in me. Lead me. Teach me more about you. Father, right now I pray for every person in this room. That you would increase our revelation of who you are. Lord, I pray right now, our time together just bubbling over has pointed people to you and showed something about you that maybe they didn't know, didn't see as clearly as they did. Maybe it's about grace, it's God's cheerfulness, or that our starting point is freedom, or that we were saved by grace and we we're sustained by grace. That, Father, you love us so much that you chose to adopt us as your sons, as your daughter, as your children. Whatever it is, Father, I pray that people will go to sleep tonight thinking about how good you are. And in the name of Jesus, we just thank you for your grace, for your love, for your goodness. Praise you, Father. I just hear the Lord say that he invites us to learn to let him enjoy us. Doesn't that sound nice? To learn to let him enjoy us. To take some moments sitting, Receiving. One of our greatest gifts we can bring to God is learning better to receive from God. Did you hear me? Sometimes we think, The better gift I can give is what I can give to God. And sometimes the greatest thing we can give to God is our ability to receive from God. Freely you have received, freely you can give. If you haven't received, we've got nothing to give. That's why Peter said in Acts 3, 6, Such as I have, I can give that to you. I've received something from God. I can pass that on. How many times do we sit with the Lord and just say, God, just, I receive. I receive. I receive your love. I receive your love. Some of you just need to just stare <laughs> right now I receive your love. Even come on, in this moment, what do you need to receive from the Lord? I receive your love, I receive your forgiveness, I receive your grace, I receive your heart, I receive your words, I receive your truth, I, re- I receive your smile, I receive Father, would you teach us to learn to receive from you, to be filled, to overflowing. So Lord, as we go about our life, we truly are those representations that draw people towards the Father. I declare right now in the spirit of this church and those that are here tonight that you are called to be a city on a hill. A city on a hill, a light that is not hidden. You're called to be firebrands that are burning. You're called to be ones who are contagious. Contagious with who God is. God is calling some even tonight out of the shadows into the light, out of the back rows, onto the front lines, as it were, for a kingdom purpose, that people may encounter the God who is life. So we say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. You're wonderful, Abba Father. You're wonderful, Lord Jesus. You're wonderful, Holy Spirit. We honor you. We worship you. We glorify you. Why don't you just lift your hands to heaven right where you are right now. Holy Spirit, fill us. Fill us. Right now, fill us, Lord. Fill us by your Holy Ghost. Fill us by your Holy Spirit. Fill us, saturate us to overflowing. We thank you for the measure that we receive, but Lord, give more even right now. Give more even right now. But give more. You give the Spirit without limit, without measure, Lord flood these vessels flood these vessels Lord Lord with more of who you are Let the glory, the weightiness of the Lord come now and fill your life from the top of your head to the soles of your feet, every part. I speak to every broken part of your life and I release the grace and the glory and the goodness of God. Holy Spirit, flow like oil right now, I pray, Lord God. Lord, saturate your people, saturate your people. Fill your people, I pray, in this holy place. More of you, more of you, more of you, more of you. We yield. We submit. We receive. We love you. We love you. Holy is the Lord. Worthy is the Lord God Almighty who was, who is, who is to come. And we prophesy together the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Lord, we cry out for this nation of New Zealand, Lord. Lord, we cry out right now in the name of Jesus that there will be a flood of Your glory and of Your presence, Lord. We cry out that this will be a season, that many people will have a revelation of Jesus, Lord, even with no one talking with them. But Lord, as they're in their room at night, as they're walking, oh God, that they will have an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. And we release, Lord God, salvation to this nation. We release, oh God, Lord, we set this nation free from spiritual blindness in the name of Jesus Christ. We speak to every lying spirit that has blinded the minds and the lives of individuals and the nations. And Lord, we right now call this nation back to God. We call this nation back to truth. We call this nation back to life in the name of Jesus Christ. We pronounce Jesus Christ is King of New Zealand and Lord of New Zealand. We call this a Christian nation in the name of Jesus Christ. Devil, your time is up. And we say, Lord, let your kingdom come. Stand to your feet, church. Stand to your feet. Come on, start to praise God. Praise God. Lift Him up over this nation, we lift them up. Jesus, we lift them up. We lift them up. King Jesus, we worship you, we honor you. We declare salvation. We declare truth. We declare the reign of Jesus Christ. We declare the reign of Jesus Christ. Praise God, praise God.